0: On, oh, wait, we got
1: to wait for it to. There we go. Uh, okay, welcome to the Shop Class podcast. Uh, we got two big guests tonight. Uh, up first is Matt Foley. He's part of Sunlight Conversions. You might have seen some of his uh, solar powered uh, sailboat or his solar powered house that has a battery backup. Uh, he's going to talk to us about installations and making them pass ex- inspection and whatnot. Uh, maybe, some, maybe he'll come up with something for the mobile classroom for uh, Matt uh, uh, Bloomquist. Also tonight is Timmy. Timmy went up to uh, uh, Jimmy Duresta's uh, uh, Maker Camp with, uh, with uh, Justin Dietrich as the, as the guest lecturer and workshop guy. So There's a lot of cool stuff happening uh, uh, so, uh, we'll get to that. All right. So let's go to sunlight conversions first. Let me just introduce you there, Matt. Hold on a second. Um, uh, you know, know, the way I know Matt is that, uh, I started, um, I was doing some electric car stuff and, uh, uh, the now, you know, channel got us in touch. Um, but basically, um, Matt's got a, so like a, He's got a uh, sailboat, and instead of running, let's see where your sailboat is. Instead of running, uh, oh, Dietrich is here. Instead yeah, of run, I just sent yeah. him the link. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, instead of running gasoline or diesel, uh, he replaced it. I guess this is your boat right here. He replaced it uh, with, um, with with an electric <laughs> motor, so it helps you get in and out of port. No problem but he's extended all these we've talked about this before but he's extended this to his house so now his house runs on a battery uh and, and all kinds of backup so matt you want to give us like like an overview and tell us what we're looking at here
0: um yeah so this is uh so i guess the big overview is um so i have um, a house it's like a 1600 square foot house Um it was built in I don't know twenties or thirties. So you know it's it's under insulated. Um I don't have a roof that faces south. I've got trees. Um so there's nothing ideal about this house for solar. So that was kind of the point. I wanted to kind of do like a proof of concept house to prove that you can produce all your own power. Nice. Um there's your house in the background. So, the house um, has a 21-kilowatt grid-tied system. So, over the course of a year, we produce about twice as much as we use. Wow. And, and that includes um, transportation, too. So, to my car. Oh, he's got a
1: Tesla that he charges up.
0: Um, so, that's everything. We ripped the gas line out. Everything's electric. We've got a heat pump um uh hvac we got a heat pump water heater induction uh stovetop um you know we're not skimping on anything we don't not turn the lights on because we're trying to save power like everything it's a normal house
1: that's funny (laughs) but when i was i brought a guest to the party and she's like wait are the gonna it's on solar panel are the lights gonna be dim and i was like no
0: (laughs) You know, it's funny. So it's, uh, so the house I is grid tied. So whatever we don't use, we send back into the grid. Um, and we get a credit on the bill and then in Jersey, we get Rex. Um, so with all of with the incentives, the payback period is like two and a half years. And without any incentives at all, the payback period is probably like eight or nine years. And then you know everything is warranted for thirty years. So after that, it's just free money. Wow, no kidding. And, I mean, there's no reason the panels won't last much longer than thirty years. They they just slowly um, they're basically warranted for the output. So after thirty years, maybe they're at the warranty to be like ninety percent of what they were new, but they'll probably be a lot higher. And there's no reason they can't last whatever fifty years. Wow.
1: So, it'll just keep on producing even though it's out of spec. Right.
0: So, there's there's solar panels that have been working since the 70s. That's crazy. There's cars that die off before that. That's unbelievable. And that was with technology from the 70s. And obviously, it's gotten a lot better. Yeah. Um, so, then I built a Tiki bar. I can flip my phone somehow, right? Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, let me let me stop presenting so you could present. There you go. You guys see it? You know, if you talk during it, then the recording will keep it. And you got to put your phone uh, horizontal.
0: All right. So the panels on the garage are actually tied into the house system. Um, but then we built the pergola and made the roof of the pergola solar panels. I think you guys can see that, right? Yeah, that's cool. So eventually it's going to be a little tiki bar. We're going to cut a hole in the wall. Um, So these are bifacial panels. So that's why they look like a solar panel on the bottom too. So they actually will catch reflected light. And they can get up to 30% more power by harnessing the light, reflected light wow that's amazing which it really depends on what they're mounted on so here they're basically flat um and you know i have dark grass and whatever so you don't get a whole lot of reflection but if you're at uh, an angle and you're a light ground that's when you can get up to 30 percent. but i i measured it here i'm i don't know maybe i'm getting a few percent but they look cool i like the way they look so that's why i use them Um, So, this is a 3.85 kilowatt system. There's nine 72 cell solar panels. All right. 72 Um, cell? Yeah. So, basically, how
1: much much voltage does each cell put out?
0: Uh, What is it? Like 0.6 volts, I think. So, each little tiny little square that you're seeing. It's yep.
1: putting out 0. 0.6. How many amps? Or it depends on the what's the most.
0: I, I don't know. But I can tell you the, the, the entire panel is um, about 40 volts. And I think I'm at like 8 or 9 amps. That's pretty good. I mean, that's a lot of power. Yeah, so they're, they're uh, 385 watt panels. And you can now get... I mean, these are only a year old, not even... And you can already get panels that are like 450 watts in the same footprint. And might need as much. Right. So even my house panels, which were great panels, if I had bought them a year later, each panel would have had 50 more watts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, most panels that are are out there in the world are like 13% efficient where now they're up to about 22%. That's a huge difference. Yeah, that is a big difference. So things are getting
1: better every year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yep.
1: Wow. Um, Uh, Let me just interrupt you for a second. Uh, Justin's on here. Justin, we're going to let Matt talk about his solar panels and his battery first, and then, and then Timmy's on here and we're going to get to your, uh, the weekend you had, which is a huge weekend. So, uh, uh sorry if you, I hope you got the time
2: yeah uh yeah, no, that's good stuff um yeah if i if I can stay on it, well, if not, Tim's got it, but uh hey, I was gonna add um i'm sorry, what's the guy's name that's talking about solar panels, yeah Matt Foley yeah, Matt Foley. Matt, oh, like Matt
0: Foley, like Chris Harley.
1: Yeah, it's like that, like except not Harley? with the R.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, F O A L Yeah. Okay, so I've got a question for him then. Sure, go for it. Go for it. Um, because years, years, years ago, like uh, seven, eight, nine years ago, this is we live in an old farmhouse. I'll see if I can get it in the back here. We live in this old farmhouse, and we put in, uh, we put in geothermal. And awesome. right about that time, I was like, "Screw it!" I was like, "Maybe let's just go solar too." But when I looked at, I live in Central Illinois, and when I looked at the band at that time, they were saying that solar panel that solar was not worth it because apparently we don't get enough sunlight or whatever. I have plenty of south facing. Bay- roof but i'm just curious if when you did that um did you run into anything like that or did you did anybody say yeah do it no don't do it or like so how example, many years ago that, was it that you I looked into do it? it
1: justin how uh, many years well, ago
2: right around the time we did geo which was uh, uh, yeah it was right justin... around the time we did the geo which
1: Justin you're cutting out like we gotta get good, better reception I think I did that in
2: 2015 so uh,
0: yeah so 2015 so yep uh Sorry. yeah a lot has changed Sorry, here, in start. these last I, was, how many years six years a lot has changed when we did a
2: construction line, and yeah I mean, it's like part 2015 of I believe
0: yeah
1: Justin Matt was saying that a lot has changed in the six yeah, years
2: because I locally yeah, locally, I've started seeing them pop up all yeah, over
0: the place. I don't know the prices of it.
2: Yeah, locally, I've seen a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah locally, locally look I've into seen a it lot. Go so, up. a Tesla right now is the cheapest. Oh, the Tesla panels?
2: Yeah. Okay. Where would I? So, for example, where would you start? Like, because I see road signs all over. Is that would it be a good place to start with, like a company I like would, that? I would or... just give
0: Tesla a call, and they'll come over and pick it up. Or just call yeah, up. Yeah, call Elon. Elon. Yeah, just just call Elon up. <laughs> so they're at like they're at like, like a dollar fifty a watt, and in two thousand fifteen, wow. it was probably four dollars a watt. Yeah.
2: So so sorry if I keep breaking up. So next question is since all of us are, I'm assuming all of us are shop teachers, um, how does it compare to like a 200 amp service in your house? And then like, if you had an outdoor shop, can you feed like still like 100 amp sub panels or do you need to get separate units for that?
0: Nope. So that's, ex- you described my exact setup here. I have yeah, 200, t- amp, 200 uh, amp service, 100 amp service in the garage and um yeah so that's all tied into my grid tied system well it used to be now my garage is actually off grid but yeah you you can do exactly what you said
2: okay all right cool yeah all right sorry to interrupt Keep. no 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 keep... those are good great questions justin
1: keep going great questions yeah basically matt's got the house and then the garage and the house and the garage Uh, from my understanding are tied together panel wise. And then the, and then the, then the panels on the pergola are separate. Is that right, Justin? Oh yeah. Sorry, Matt. Yep.
0: Yeah. So the, the panels on the, so the house system, it's permitted, it's net metering. Like you, you're not supposed to mess with it. So I didn't want to mess with it for multiple reasons. Um, So the, the pergola panels are completely separate and they feed Let's Flip this around again. Oh yeah. The battery,
1: Justin, you got to see this battery, dude. So we got the panels.
0: They come in it's just the three breakers. There's three strings of panels out there. They go to your solar controller. So, this is a, a typical DC setup string. Um, uh, I can't think of the word, but this is kind of the old school way to do it, where now a lot of systems use microinverters. I mean, there's. Oh, oh I see. It's centralized. Whereas the new one is that all the inverters are on the panels, right? Right. Which is, I mean, there's benefits to each. Um, but here I went with this route. Um, and also,
1: you guys should know he installed everything himself.
0: Yeah. Yep. That's what I do. That's my thing. Um, so you got the solar inverter and then you've got the, I'm sorry, it's the solar controller. So that feeds the batteries directly. Look at these batteries. They look fake. <laughs> they look ridiculous, right? A big plus and minus on them. So I went with these batteries because of the way they look. They're just too cool and they're really easy to work with.
1: And they're safe. These are the lithium uh, iron phosphate, right?
0: Correct. Yeah. So you you really
1: can't get in trouble with them. You can't. It's hard to overcharge them. It's hard to kill them. And uh, they don't go on fire. But you don't get as much energy as you would with a lithium uh, ion.
0: Uh, Right. They're they're not as energy dense, but you do get better cycle life. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so, so that's if, cool. If these were Tesla sales, it would be um, like 35% smaller. Oh, wow. That's a lot. And this is about 11 kilowatts. It, it just, uh, you know, when
1: people are throwing around kilowatts,
0: I always like I'm to put it in perspective. Kilowatt hours, kilowatt hours, kilowatt hours.
1: Yeah, kilowatt, kilowatt hours. hours. But I like to throw it in perspective. So just so you know, like the smallest Tesla car has like 60 or 65. Kilowatt hour pack, and this is like one sixth of that, you know, yeah. basically. Yeah, so that's cool. So, but this can power your whole house, right?
0: Yeah, so, um, that's the inverter. So, it's a Schneider XW Pro 6.8 kilowatt, it peaks at like 14 kilowatts for a few seconds, but it can do 6.8 continuously that's uh, so like that's a big generator in a way. There's the BMS. You need a BMS with lithium batteries. You just there's a tap on each cell. that a BMS
1: is a battery management system so that each each cell is in balance with the cell next to it, type of thing.
0: Yep. So then we go out of the inverter. Um. So this is a little complicated. So. Typically, every day, it's um, completely independent. It uh, The solar charges the batteries. I use it to run the shop, and I'll charge my car with it. Um, but if I wanted to, I have to flip a few breakers, which will tie it into the house. So let's say the power goes out, You know the, the grid's down. I shut off the main breaker, and I basically flip another switch and this will now connect to the house so I can run the house you know as long as I have batteries and I could also flip it the other way if I needed to charge these batteries from the grid but it's it's basically completely isolated 99% of the time
1: so you don't need a generator if there's a blackout correct and then also, you're not using grid power to charge your car or to run your little workshop.
0: Correct. Um, so it, it, it's not really enough to completely charge my car all the time. Um, so like in a good day, this will put out maybe 14 kilowatt hours from solar. And then if I yep. had, let's say, Later Duke. In, if I had Sorry. 10 in the batteries, I could put, uh, uh, what, 20 five kilowatt hours in my car. So that's that's like what thirty, thirty-five percent. I could fill it up. So and, yeah, so it's not not enough to completely only charge my car off the solar from the garage. Okay. But in a pinch I could. And in the summertime we'd be pretty comfortable. We'd have air conditioning, we'd have refrigeration, we could cook. You know, we'd have to, you know, watch what we use, but we could do it. The wintertime It'd be tricky, you know. We'd still have lights and refrigeration, and we could cook, but we wouldn't have much heat. We'd really, we'd probably maybe keep it at, God, you know, we above freezing, fifty-five degrees maybe, but it would be tricky. If you were running just on the battery,
1: just on the battery, yeah. Okay, gotcha. But that's because it's eleven kilowatt hour. But what if you? What would you need? How big would you have to go to to run it off of uh off a of solar in the winter? Um You'd probably be in a bigger it's, array,
0: it's... not a bigger battery, right? Both. Okay. So in this um the winter, it'd be tricky. I'd like if I, I'd like at least probably 50 kilowatt hours. So maybe what is that, five of these batteries? Mm-hmm and yeah i don't know another 10 kilowatts of solar it's going mean, you can get by you could totally get by but you're really gonna have to be careful and if it's sunny every day and warm in the winter not that big a deal but if it's freezing and cloudy for a week it's a different story yeah gotcha anybody got questions about
3: this uh I do, but hold on, I'm talking to a four-year-old. Okay, yeah, no
1: problem. Uh, you know, so you know, the, the cool thing about it is that uh, you know, like when I was, I went to the party the other day, and he had, he ran the whole entire party off of the, off the battery, you know, which is kind of interesting. Um, but I mean, it's it's available. I I don't know, Justin, you could probably build this thing, man. <laughs> you yeah, might not even need. Is it, is it better to buy it and put it in yourself? Or you think it's, the prices are down so far now that you could just get it uh, installed? Solar
0: or batteries? Uh, give me both. Obviously, yeah, you're going to save money doing it yourself with solar. Um, but, yeah, it might not be worth it. If you don't have the time, I, I would definitely just pay somebody. Um, batteries don't make financial sense. They really don't, even if you do it yourself, the payback period on this would be, I don't know, 20 years or something. But, you know, if you do this instead of buying a generator, then that's something. So, you know, being a little bit self-reliant, if we had to, that's worth something. But just like um, producing your own energy and storing it, it's just not going to pay for itself. So I always tell people the best battery is the one you already have. So whenever someone, you know, a storm comes through and people lose power, they call up like, oh, I want batteries. And it's like, uh, it just, it's dumb. Like there's no, you know, if let's say you go to Kmart and buy four lead acid batteries and a cheap inverter, you're probably never going to use it. It'll sit there for two or three years and all of a sudden your batteries are completely dead and it was a total waste. So that's where vehicle to help, to, um, uh, vehicle to home oh. is really going to um, change everything. So I'm building an oh, EV yeah. that's going to power my house. So there's going to be a 32 kilowatt hour battery in the car that's going to sit in my driveway and 90, do nothing 99% of the time. So now that's what's going to power my house. And I really wish Tesla would open up their cars to it. Uh, you guys probably heard, maybe not, that Ford, um, the F-150 Lightning, whatever it's called, that's going to have V to G and V to home when it comes out, which is pretty cool. So, so imagine you got this huge vehicle with a huge
1: battery. Then you, when you get home, instead of just sitting there, you could charge it up
0: with the solar panel and you can use it. That's the idea, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people actually do that, but when you're... You know, in an emergency where your power's out, that's when it's going to like change everything.
1: Yeah, I always found it funny that you have a vehicle, and then when the power's out, you go buy a generator. But you have a vehicle that has an engine.
0: Yeah. So, and, you, yeah. and a and a pickup truck is a big freaking battery. Yeah. And then if you know your battery's out, so you drive to some other town where they have power, you charge your car, you come back, and now you run your house for another week. Yeah. And if and if you're not running, if you don't have electric heat you're going to run your house a long time. It's really all about the heat. Even a heat pump, as efficient as they are, it takes a lot of energy in the northeast to heat your house. Nice.
1: Also, I should mention that uh, Matt's done some wild stuff. You did some off-grid stuff in – where is this? um,
0: uh, Bahamas? Yeah, a little island in the Bahamas. Um, So that guy's powering his entire island – with, um, I guess it's maybe 40 kilowatt hours of the Tesla Model S packs. And yeah. then the thing we were taking off the boat is a, a full Model 3 battery pack. Right there. It's the big black thing. Yep, that thing. Jesus, He brought it's it just... over on the bow of his yacht.
1: Because people crash the Teslas and then they salvage the batteries out of them and sell them. So this guy bought it. It's so
0: funny. There's you with the hat. <laughs>
1: That's funny.
0: And You helped yeah. them install it, right? Yeah, yeah. install that whole thing, yeah. Wow. Uh, so yeah. yeah. EV, EV batteries are going to have a second life of stationary storage. I'm kind of hoping that like, I crash my car. That way I can take my battery. The other thing we have... should... Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that that's the future. You know, after you, you run your car for 10, 20, 30 years... There's still plenty of life into it for stationary storage.
1: Then the other thing he did was he's got this uh, Vespa that has uh, Tesla cells. And uh, I, I wrote it. It's awesome. Uh, it's super fast. It's so much faster and smoother and more aggressive than uh, the original situation. Not these batteries. Oh, there you go. Yeah. You see the yellow right there? That's the shape he put the Tesla cells into, and I guess it replaces all these batteries that Yeah. So if there's lead acid, equivalent. that's how
0: many batteries I would need. In so a there equivalent. Yeah, those, those it's hundred and sixty-four Tesla cells, I think, are in there. Hmm. And that's the shape of the old gas tank. Yeah. And what's the uh, how many kilowatts is that? Um two point six kilowatt hours. Yeah, that's pretty good. And it's a four kilowatt electric motor. Uh, that's the, a lot. And the range is like 60 miles or something. Oh, and my God. It, it's, wow. it's, it's more than you really want to drive this thing for.
1: And this is you laying out the batteries and mapping it out. Yeah. What program did you use to do that?
0: Um, my girlfriend's an architect, so... <laughs> I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. She put it together in, a, I don't know, CAD, I think. That's so funny. All
1: right, cool. And then also the se- the boat. He's got the, the dinghy and the boat have batteries. And I've done a video on that. Uh, oh, yeah. here's... This is the motor he put in. Instead of having a diesel, this is it. It's like one-tenth the size and it's the same amount of power right yep uh, it's like 22
0: pounds i could lift it up with one hand wow so there's a lot of
1: cool like diy electric stuff going on which is nice and he's got these flexi panels that he puts on the boat too
0: that's actually really cool it's not a flexible panel that's a um a carbon fiber panel There's a company oh. that makes custom carbon fiber panels it weighs like three pounds and you could walk on it whoa it's really cool that is cool
1: oh i see the bottom look at that nice uh, and this is your new motor is it a different motor no there, there was a client's boat oh okay so you install these and stuff too
0: yeah and that's mostly what i do
1: yeah that's cool man all right well that was pretty good uh i think uh Maybe, uh, Matt, uh, BloomQuest and, oh, he's not there right now, but, uh, maybe you can set, set up, the, basically he's got a, a trailer that they have the mobile classroom in next to a, a piece of land. And then every year they buy, they build a house, but in the setup, he's killing the electric bill. And then also in his setup, they have to hook up to the grid. And so there's a lot of money being wasted, but if he had some power, then, uh, Maybe. I mean, I know you're saying heat is a little difficult, but uh, maybe you guys could talk about some sort of reasonable setup for next year. I don't know.
0: Yeah, something at least that's, you know, cool, because that'll be part of the education, right?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Nice. So it may not pay for itself monetarily, but... Yeah. Nice.
1: All right, cool, Matt. Thanks. You can hang out with us. Uh, But we're going to move to... uh... The next topic of uh, the maker camp. Yeah. Uh, very cool. Thanks a lot, Matt. Unless everybody's got yeah. any questions. Yeah. You, Timmy, no, Timmy. I don't
4: have any uh, no, I don't have any questions. It that just whole the whole thing blows my mind, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> like I, I'm so simple and it's it's like a toy,
1: cool. it's like a toy car. Like when you're a kid, you have a little remote control car. That thing was electric, it's the same idea.
4: Yeah, I know, and I teach electronics in a you know, for a semester course. And uh, you would think that I would be like all in on solar, like that way, but it's just way too confusing
0: to me. <laughs> That's simple. It's simple.
4: I know the cool know. thing
0: is it, it works. When people tell you it doesn't work, tell them they're wrong. There you go. Like <laughs> I said nice. to my house, there's nothing ideal about my solar um uh you know orientation or anything so if, if this was a purpose built house that was insulated at a south facing roof what you could do would be unbelievable oh wow i could produce six times as much as i need so maybe
1: uh bloomquest when they design the house they should consider how to make the roof ideal for uh you know for the panels so in pennsylvania
4: apparently you cannot go full off grid and i think in new jersey you, you cannot go full off grid so when the power goes out in you know in your area and you have solar panels your power's out even though you have solar panels
0: well yes and no um most systems yes that's how it works because uh the batteries are expensive so most people don't have batteries, but that's the only reason your power goes out as well. They're starting to come out with systems supposedly, Enphase is supposedly gonna have a panel that doesn't need batteries. Each panel can actually sense the load. So obviously it only works when sun shining, but so the grid's out and you can still power your house off of whatever solar is hitting your roof. That's supposed to come out any day. It's supposed to come out a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, so the same thing in Jersey. Supposedly I've heard you're not allowed to have a house without a grid connection. Um, I've wanted to do it just so I could fight them. Like imagine the publicity. Take me to court. Just do whatever you're going to do. I, I would love to have my day in court. Try like it's, in
1: court. it's physically possible. They just got these rules. But, yeah. when you, but if you have a transfer switch, which you're allowed to have, that's what Matt does. He just transfer switches over to his battery, and then the house is off the grid. The whole thing is they say they got to protect the line workers because if the power's out and the guy's up there, and then you're sending electricity backwards through the grid, you could kill someone. Of course. Yeah. That that, makes- that, that, that's that's, the what, that's what they like to say.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it's ever happened. And we've had generators forever, and every generator has a, a transfer switch. So it's the same exact thing. Right. You have the automatic transfer switch, grid goes down, it, it disconnects you from the grid, and that's it. Problem solves. Yeah. Matt, he's going to go to court. He's
1: going to be like, all right, listen up. <laughs> <Really funny. laughs> good for you. Good for you. Yeah. All right, cool. This is good, man. Uh, Matt, thanks a lot. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll, I'll share an email with uh, Bloomquist, and then uh, you guys can talk about potential, maybe like a baby step to getting them yeah, uh, definitely. getting them off the grid or at least help them out. Hmm. Sure. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's talk about Maker Camp. Maker Camp. This was huge.
4: Go, go right to Dietrich because he's the one. Yeah, he's the he's the king of timber framing. Yes,
1: yeah, so, so, uh,
4: so right to him. Let me tell right. you, Dietrich. It what? was a pleasure, it was a pleasure meeting him. I I I, I swear, it was like uh, celebrity uh, in awe over here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I felt I, I felt I felt honored to meet Justin. <laughs> to be honest with you, so awesome.
1: So so
2: basically, just I, I was took, going to. Say- yeah,
4: go ahead. I was just going to
2: say the same exact thing about Tim. That's how I felt when I met Tim. So. <laughs>
4: <Sorry>. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's just two regular guys meeting each other for the first time. <laughs> all
1: right. So basically, just to give you an overview, what happened was up in Catskills, uh, Justin uh, Dietrich hosted like a timber framing workshop where it's like all hands on deck, very camaraderie based. And I think a lot of people that, have been following the shop class podcast and also his Instagram and the, the whole, the whole Instagram shop teacher community got together basically, which is really cool. And, uh, and, and then also, um, uh, uh, Jimmy Dress was there as well. So, uh, Nick, you know, Tim went up there. I think Nick was there as well. So, uh, Justin, you know, I don't even know what to say, man. It was like huge. Let me share some photos of the, of what went on
2: there. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. What are you doing in this photo
1: right here? <laughs>
2: I'm probably going, I'm probably saying I have no clue what I'm doing like, like shooting from the hill, I don't have. Hey, yeah, I don't he's have real long probably
5: I, saying my internet sucks gotta, right get going Justin,
1: in a Justin, minutes. your internet is terrible. But you hey, got to do I, something about the internet.
2: Hold on. Give me a second.
1: Yeah. Okay. So basically, what happened was Justin organized this timber framing workshop, and then everybody got a chance to work on it. And uh, uh you know, what role did you play, Tim? What'd you do?
4: Well, here, let me give you, let me kind of give you the rundown for kind of a little bit more of the background. So let's go. This was a Thursday. This was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday seminar. I don't really want to call it a seminar a session. And Friday was like the setup day. Justin had some people up there. They were getting everything laid out. They kind of organized the timbers where they needed to be. And then I guess just it was the guys are ready to go. And it ended up being one of those, all right, well then, yeah, here's how you cut a mortise. Oh yeah, here's how you do your layout. Oh yeah, here, here's how you do this. And then next thing you know, they had a bunch of stuff done and Justin was way ahead of himself on Friday. And then when I got up there Saturday morning, um, I actually kind of felt a little bit out of place because I feel like I missed, you know, so much of the, of the, the introduction of you know, number one, the people, and number two, the layout. But when we got kind of assembled, if you will, Justin took the time, explained how he laid all this stuff out in SketchUp. He explained how he drew some of the things. He explained the different, you know, members that he had and his basically design and then redesign of his, Um, of his solution if you will or his structure using sketchup so once he went through how he assembled those things and generating the orthographic drawings he went through all that in literally about 15-20 minutes then that basically went into more of a demonstration and the demonstration was again here's how to lay out a mortise here's how you select your you know your reference sides your reference edges And then he talked a little about square rule and mill rule regarding the lumber and how it's ordered and how it's, you know, brought to you. So he spent a lot of time with that introduction and stuff. And then literally it was like, like a typical shop teacher. All right, here's a demonstration. Here's your task for the day, run with it. And it was like, you know, chisels started going flying, chips were flying. There was tape measures all over the place and people were just going at it. And, you know, it, I was totally in awe as to the organization, the assembly, the layout, the camaraderie, the you know, you know, friendliness of the whole entire environment. And you know I'm coming in from Eastern PA. I don't know where any other, anybody else is from. Justin's from Illinois. Um, I find out that there was a guy there from Fort Lauderdale, Fort, Fort Lauderdale. A lot of people from the Catskills. And Catskill area, and it was just really a nice time. And you know, I I I don't know. Like if you look at this picture here, if you go back, um I I don't know the next time I'll ever use one of these. You know, with it like a chainsaw mortar, sir. That thing is freaking awesome. And
0: you then it was
4: funny because I asked Justin, I'm like, hey, how much does this thing cost? And he's like, two. And I'm like, 200, that's not that bad. And Justin was like, oh, no, two grand. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but it was it was really cool to experience the whole thing. And, you know, when you look, like, if you took a step back, and I don't know if Justin really did this. He might have. But, you know, I really only worked on one beam with this other gentleman named Jeremy. And, when you look at the whole thing, Jeremy and I were really only focused on cutting our housings and cutting our mortises and cutting our tenants. But when you look back on it and you te- step aside, you had, say, 25 people going off of the same plan, 25 people cutting mortises, 25 people using different tools, 25 people using you know similar tools. And when we went to lay out these, these bent's, to to frame up this this structure things went together like you know peanut butter and jelly it was it was phenomenal like i couldn't believe it like yeah, what are the chances you know what are the chances yeah but that's cool it it. design it was all in the layout it was all in the cad it was all in, in in the assembly it was all in the explanation and justin did a bang up job at this facility and at this at this seminar
1: nice yeah, that's awesome. I wish I was there. I had something else, but I this is very cool. And uh you guys are going to raise it in October, right? Yes. That's cool, man.
2: Yeah, uh, so No, and Tim, so Tim, I got to thinking too when we when the weekend was over cuz it well it was just uh every time I go out there and every time I go out to a class or I'm involved with a group of people doing something out there, every single time I just like get such a like natural high off of like being around these other people who are motivated and it's, it's not about a money thing. It's not about it. It's just about people coming together kind of, you know, for, a, you know, in that case a weekend for like kind of a common goal, everybody's kind of learning a little bit. And just the, like you said, the camaraderie of it was just awesome. Um, I But the thing that I noticed, Tim, you know, from being a high school shop teacher is, like, what was different there is you had 25 to 30, you know, highly motivated, highly talented people all from different, you know, you had, like, world-class welders and machinists and all these different people, you know, who are, like, talents of their own trade coming together and doing this thing. And it was just so much fun because... You know, as a teacher, you weren't going around and going like, "Come on, guys! You know, we got to get going." We got it was the other way. It was like, man, I just like you said, we we did some demo stuff, we showed the plans, and then just cut everybody loose, and everybody's went. So,
4: you know, and, and I walked around. I walked around checking out, you know, all these things, you know, and yeah, I was a little nervous as to what we were doing, and you know, were we doing it correctly, and and, and were joints that were supposed to be perpendicular to each other or parallel to each other. Were were they accurate enough? But I went around and I actually asked a lot of people. I'm like, have you done timber framing before? And they're like, no. And I think I asked six people, you know, and, and it was like, everybody said, no, I've never done this before. And I'm thinking of my, I'm thinking of myself and I'm looking like, damn, man, you know exactly what you're doing. Like, you know, and, and they're, and, and they're working, you know, So it seems like a lot of us had just the same, you know, basic introduction into this. And it was just amazing
2: what just, you know, kind of manifested from that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was that it it was like as it was like a shop teacher's dream because you just had like, you know, every time. And what I've also noticed about those things, Tim, is like you might you might bust ass really hard for like three or four hours and then you might be like, I need a break. You know, like, OK, I'm going to shut down for the day and you'll kind of like maybe shut down for like 15 minutes, but then other people keep going and then it kind of like winds you back up. And so and you just keep you just you get, you know, zoned out and just keep going and you're having fun. And like, I mean, I would encourage anybody on tonight that like it, you know, it doesn't have to be timber framing, but just like I, I try at least once a year and go do stuff like this with other people. Like, it's just it's it's reinvigorating it's motivating to me and i always come home and i'm just like on top of the world you know and so it's it's a good feeling because then i always want to take that back to my students i want to take that feeling back to them and so they can feel that way that's awesome
1: who's who's thor over there uh in the red shirt (laughs) that's matt yeah Um, i think that
2: was odell Matt, yeah,
4: that's Matt. Um, he was cutting all the pins for, oh, yeah. uh, you know, on the um, with the draw knife, and then he had the—I uh, can't remember what that was, like the saddle thing—he was sitting on. The, I can't remember.
2: the shave shave horse. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, he was. He literally like, like pointed like sixty-five or seventy like peg, twelve-inch pegs. You know. So,
4: it was funny because I saw him sitting there and he started doing it and he was doing one or two at a time. And then I saw somebody else walk over and sit down in the seat and he was showing them how to do it. And then I went over to go see if I could try one. He goes, no, 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 I'm done. I'm like, what? <laughs> like right now, like I went over this. this is was, him. Yeah. I was kind of doing a little narration here. And then I walked over to him and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, ah, uh, Last one, I'm like, damn it. I was going to ask you if I could try this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here we go right here. Running this thing. So, hang on. Let's
4: see what's going on here. (laughs) Awesome. And the funny thing was that the, the internet was so spotty up there it was so hard to get a signal to upload stuff like real time. Now we were trying to, but yeah, it was, you know, stuff was getting posted, but it was posted delay and this and that. So at least you were getting some real time
2: feedback as to what was going on.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that's cool.
2: Uh, Hey guys, guys, I got to cut out. So no
1: problem. Thanks for, thanks for dropping by dude. This looks like a great class, man. You did great.
2: Thanks for the fun weekend, Justin. Keep, yeah, awesome. It was awesome meeting up, Tim. So, and you guys keep in touch. So, good luck.
1: Wait, Justin, I got one question before you go. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm i like naive. What's the difference between a regular frame house and a timber frame house? Is it literally just the size and then you have less posts and you can be uh, the spans yeah.
2: are longer? Yeah, basically, like your conventional framing is called stick framing. So, mm-hmm. like, that's what, but. Everybody does now, you know. Which you know, two by fours, two by sixes, with like header material and you know floor joists, all that stuff. Got it. Timber framing is like the old school framing, and basically, like 150 years. What what happened was just timber framing takes a lot more skill to be able to do it. So when mills be, when mills became popular, and then they started realizing like hey, if we can cut these timbers down and do smaller material. Uh, and then it also takes less people to build a house you know, or a barn. Timber framing, like really, if you're going to build something big, it takes a lot of people to do. So oh, I see. It's, it's just, uh, yeah. you know, whereas, you know, so. Is there a, yeah. Is, but, yeah I'm, that's I'm just curious. So. Can you get
1: these pre-cut and shipped to you? And then you just assemble it?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's companies that'll do it. Um, if you guys want to look at like some like high end professional work, look up, uh, look up settlement post and beam. They're actually out of Pennsylvania. Um, they do, uh, um, they do like houses. Uh, then you've got a place out there in new England. There's a place called the barnyard. They do like high end outdoor buildings and timber frames and stuff like that. Like they're, um, or the other, the big one is a uh, Shelter Institute, which they're actually kind of like, they're a timber framing company, but they're also like a, a school, and they actually do a lot of green energy stuff. So, yeah, there's some of wow. and beam. So, yeah, there was the other stuff. What was the, the, other, other, is, um, what was the so, other one you shelter, suggested? Shelter Institute. And they're a timber framing company. They're out in Maine. They're a timber framing company, but they also, they offer classes and they're a pretty big deal. It's, it's a pretty interesting situation that they have gone, but you can order. So literally timbers can get CNC'd. There are some companies that will CNC timbers. So they'll cut your tenons and cut your mortises. And, you know, they'll, you know, like Tim, the shop plan you worked with, they'll take a plan and cut everything up and send it to you. And then you just put it together. So <laughs> You know, but now you know I enjoy the joinery of it and putting all that stuff together. And you know, if you have a local mill, that's the other thing. You know, if you have a local mill, you can size your timbers and get them sent to you and then cut them up. You know, so that's awesome. But anyways, go ahead, no problem. Nope. Sorry guys, I got a buzz. So okay, talk to you soon. Thanks. Evening. All right. All right. See you guys.
3: So
4: you know. So the whole other thing was like, I know, and I, and I know he spoke, I mean, I know Justin talked about it. It it was really, if you were to say it and and I know Justin went on a rant the one time about this was, it was about bringing back and bringing together makers. And that's kind of the feel of the whole event. It was, are you a maker come together? Let's build something. And, you know, let's give it to somebody else. And that's really what the whole weekend kind of was about. And, you know, initially and initially, and I don't even think I told Justin this, but, you know, I, I told Justin I was going to go. And when I talked to my wife about going up and she goes, well, that's really neat. Um, And there were some other things that fell into play that, that were on the schedule the same day. And she's like, "Oh no!" She goes, "You are going to the timber framing thing." She goes, "I don't care what's going on this weekend. You are going to the timber framing thing."
1: Right. Nice. And you know
4: what? I was, I was, I was really happy. I did. I really was. That's you great. Yeah, I was really happy. And for the second that I considered possibly not going, I, I, I really, you know, I think that that was a mistake on my behalf because I had a great time. Um, I learned some pretty neat things and I have a little bit of experience now. I mean, I'm not, you know,
1: yeah, I mean, it's a lot of effort, but um, you had to go what, like uh, four hours or something.
4: Yeah, it was three hours. Well, it was, it was about three hours from my house. Um, I left Friday night and I did a side track, side, side trip into, uh, the original Woodstock Oh, that's cool. where they had the original Woodstock in 69. I sidetracked road trip over there. And that was an hour and a half from my house. And then I went Saturday morning, another hour and a half
1: to Justin. Nice. So, but uh, also there was a bonus. The bonus is that you got to see uh Jimmy Duresta. Yeah. So here's,
4: here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. Now I knew Justin, I mean, I, I knew that Jimmy Duresta was a part of this maker thing, okay, and it was bad that I actually had to Google what he looked like because I never saw him. And the other thing was, um, you know, I knew he's a maker, I knew he was in, in the maker community, I knew he was big, you know, YouTube and things like that, but I've never, I never took time to really sit and watch a Jimmy DeResta video. I never sat down to really immerse myself in Jimmy Deresa in any of that. So it was one of those things where yeah, I know he exists, I knew he was there. But you know, and the chance that I probably would see him would be pretty good being that I was up there. Yeah. So it was like halfway through the day on Saturday and this guy walks up to me and I'm like, "All right, he's got a carhartt shirt on he's got these jeans he's got like a bandana hanging out of his pocket and he's like yo i'm jimmy i'm like hey nice to meet you jimmy and then like i t- kind of turned around and went my own merry way and it was like hey that's jimmy yeah hey, hey hey jimmy's here you know like it was one of those things like you know it was that and next thing you know i turn on, i start putting two and two together i'm like crap i think that's jimmy Teresta. <laughs> You know, and then um, probably about an hour later, I literally walked up to him and I said, I- I'm really sorry. I said, I actually kind of didn't really know who you were. And uh he's like, that's all right. He goes, that's all right. You know, you got a lot stuff going on. And I said, I'm a, so I said to him, I'm a, I'm a shop teacher in New Jersey and this and that. And he goes, New Jersey he goes County College of Morris. I went there. I went there. He goes, I still talk to them, yada, yada, yada. And he goes, ah, whatever you want, send me a text, you know, I'll come out to your school and be a guest speaker. I'm like, awesome. That's awesome. So I, so I, you know, I kind of rubbed, you know, little rubbed elbows with him and and all, and then kind of like, it was like, kind of like right before dinner It was raining. It was one of those, like people were starting to settle down. The day was kind of ending. And Justin says to me, he goes, yeah, we're going to go to dinner. You know if around like 6 o'clock 6 30 whatever it was and uh he goes around 830 we're gonna go over to jimmy DeResta's shop i'm like no way no way so i had my i had a little little car so i mean i wasn't going to drive into the backwoods of the catskills so i i powed along with uh justin justin drove me up to jimmy's shop and Literally doors were open. You go in, you could touch anything. You could turn anything on. You can, you know, you could have just, you know, kind of just been immersed in Jimmy DiResta and it was neat. It was cool to see it. So now I'm on the Jimmy DiResta kick and, uh, I've been watching his YouTube videos. So it is. And you know, he, he's really, he was really a nice gentleman. He really was. And that was the one takeaway from him. You know, he wasn't like big headed in terms of I'm a celebrity or I'm a famous maker. You know, you're not allowed to talk to me. You know, literally he walked up to me and, uh, you know, we just started shooting the breeze and stuff like that. So it was really neat. He was telling us about his uh, they've just filmed a a Netflix thing that's coming out on a wintertime ish. I don't know. They didn't really give us many details, but he's doing he did a Netflix show and he filmed it in a studio or a shop there. And, um, we talked to the, um, actually talked to the electrician that wired his shop, which was pretty neat. So he's like, yeah, between this wall and this wall, there's this, these wires running. And then we had to run into these problems. And, you know, we have Jimmy wanted things this way, but they needed to be done another way. And we kind of compromised and did this and that. And, you know, it was it was really neat just to kind of be like, you know, immersed in in that. And it, it was really it was really, a really nice experience.
1: That's awesome, man. Yeah, it, it was really
4: nice. It was really nice. And I have, you know, literally going into the day not knowing, you know, what Jimmy looked like, if you will, to rubbing elbows with him in his shop. And he's turning his lathe on and off and showing us how it works. You know one-on-one, you know, I think that was, that was really, really, you know, it was a really fun experience. And, uh, and then I caught back up with him a little bit later in, in the evening and he goes, he goes, I don't have a business card. I'm like, that's all right. He goes, no, no, take your phone out. I'm going to give you my number, take my number. I want you to text me. I want to come in and talk to your kids. And I'm like, I'm like, already, right, yeah, I'll take your number, Jimmy. You're like, <laughs> like, relax, you know? Yeah, so, yeah and then I ron i took that picture for you
1: oh yeah hell yeah
4: thank you that. he was some he's working on a trailer It was working on some type of trailer or something yeah
1: you don't need a bender if you if you pie cut it
4: yeah so it's like a, segments
1: and yeah and it's gonna be it's gonna be strong that's fine yeah that's a good way to do it sure that's not so, bad. so that was you know so
4: that was my day i mean it was a, it was a packed day i mean literally it went from i think you know, by the time I was in Woodstock in the morning to by the time I got home, because it ended up being four hour ride, four hour ride trip home in the rain. I mean, I think it was like 6 a.m. Saturday morning to
1: 2 a.m. Sunday morning. Ah, the so. secret of getting ahead is getting started. That's a good one.
0: Well,
5: <laughs> you can paint me jealous, Tim. <laughs> yeah, this I've, is been, cool. I've been following Jimmy for years.
4: Huh. Yeah. yeah, I I really, you know, I was, I'm really impressed. I was really impressed with Jimmy. I was really impressed with his, you know, with his personality and his, you know, just willing to open his doors to just people who are like-minded, if you will.
2: Look you know, his, license
1: plate, his license plate says maker.
4: Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. And then that, that maker man thing that he has hanging right there on the outside of his shop um that apparently is is uh epoxy oh yeah he's gonna be
5: been... making it
4: yeah so and what was really cool was he had that big gavel sitting on the table there um when i came home i watched the video of of making that gavel
1: there he is look at these two <laughs> yeah uh oh my god that's insane yeah that really... thing was huge I would play one of the videos, but I did notice that sometimes when I play videos during a presentation, uh, YouTube uh, wants to flag it or block it from certain areas or something. So I'm just not going to play it. Uh, But you you can easily look up Jimmy Dress the video. I mean, he's got millions of views. So it's uh, it's legit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean,
4: I took that picture right there kind of to give you a size. Um, like a size reference to how big that bandsaw is, you know, yeah, that's a huge good. bandsaw mm-hmm. you know, and I asked Justin and I said to him, I said, is is there something with Jimmy that is there is that just kind of his thing that he has his name spray painted on everything <laughs> like i I wonder know why the... Yeah, Why his name is spray painted on everything, and I think it was just one of those things where it was just something he did, and it was just his, you know, his likeness or his branding. He said he
5: Says he's done it for years, and it also means it's a um a watermark that people can't take out of his video. Oh yeah, because because he, he's had his video stolen and put on other channels and stuff. Yeah. and he does cease and desists and that sort of thing on him because yeah. like taking revenue away, but yeah, it's just become a thing. So it's it gets sprayed on everything. You said if you've got spray paint on the floor with your logo, then nobody can take it out where you're
1: working and mm-hmm. totally. I could see that. It makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, your mom puts a little tag on your underwear when you go to camp, right? <laughs> 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 you'll,
5: also, you'll also notice that some of his tools are spray painted so he's not promoting somebody who's um, not uh, supporting him or something like that.
1: Mm. Yeah,
5: yeah, that makes, that makes
4: sense. That's uh, true. Yes. So you know it was it was a really nice it was a really nice day. Uh, it was a long day. Um, I can tell you flipping those timbers over all day. That was a lot. It was, you know, I was pretty sore <laughs> the next day uh-huh. wow. um, moving around and, and stuff. It was, it was a tiring day. It really was. It really was.
0: That's
1: awesome, man. That's cool. Yeah. I wish I went up there. I, you know, I just uh, I don't know. It was too far, but I guess it wasn't. I should have gone. No, I regret go- not going.
4: Well, that's, what, and that's what Kathy's, that's what Kathy said. She goes, yeah. When are you going to get another chance? Justin lives, you know. 12 yeah, hours away, fourteen hours away from you. That's when gross. are you going to get a chance? When he's literally in your backyard, like literally, he's in my backyard. You know, know. Three hours is is nothing. You know, it's from my house to Baltimore. I mean, that's three hours. Yeah. So it ended up being like you know, I I, th- I was even I was stupid for not considering not going.
1: Nice. You know. So I really like these um these timber frame situations. I mean, do you think it's, like, what's the advantage? Like, um, just going back to that timber frame thing for a second, like, would you consider making your house out of timber frames? People do. It's pretty much aesthetics. Okay. Because, like, when I go skiing, all the lodges look like that. They look amazing. Yeah, it's that rustic. It's that
4: rustic look. It's that, like, it gives you that old, like, been there a long time feeling it gives you the nostalgia of being out in the woods you know it's one of those type of um aesthetic things but what you about know? like what about it
5: can also, it can yeah, also be built um you don't have to season the timber beforehand like they they you can mill the timber cut all your things because it's easy to cut all the joints for. they're nice and soft type thing and because it all gets pinned as it dries. It sort of tightens up the frame. Oh, that's interesting.
3: And if you look, Justin just did a, a side gig project where they put a little room addition on, and yeah. so the timber framing is inside, and then you have conventional framing, which is pretty much what happens. You... This one. Like in the past, it was, that was the original pull barns. What we look at is pull barns. Now, for a house, you... Timber frame, then you still have to frame, conventionally frame your, they call it light framing. Yeah. The light frame, your conventional frame, your rest of your wall.
1: But then now what about from like an energy standpoint, is this more efficient or less or maybe not? It doesn't matter.
3: It's, it's inside your house. It's not part of your energy package. It's now it could be your structural. It can, it can count as structural, but you're still going to pretty much now, unless you have those beams being part of the outside and inside, then you're going to have energy issues because you're going to have a, a way for heat to transfer. But for the most part, what it's done, what's used is now is like Tim said, I mean, it could be, it could be your structural frame, like a, like a steel, like a steel bu- building or skyscraper. You have your, your steel structural, Skeleton and then you skin it. it it so it could it could have structural value, which for his for him. It did have structural value Because um, the rafters for the ce- the ceiling and everything tie into it But then he finished off the outside of the house as you can see he's building the frame inside there um, And it's behind the those uh, angle members and uh, um Like Uh, he's, he's an offset, but yeah, I mean,
4: if if you look like, if you go look at a lot of old, i say farm barns, if you will, a lot of them are that were built in the 1800s and 1900s. They are all timber frame. And if you think about it, the lower level is where all of the, animals are if you will like like they'd put like the cows and the pigs and the stuff in there and then the horse stalls and things like that and then above it would be like all your dry storage for like your hay and your straw and you know other necessities tractors and stuff like that and you if you ever looked at a barn that's how they were built they were built through timber framing and the other thing with the timber framing is You necessarily don't have to start with a square log either, because you have reference edges. And if you align your reference edges, then everything lines up. Um for that too. So, you know, Justin said you could literally only square, like say three feet down on a on a a post, if you will, and leave the rest round, and then you could actually build your thing or your structure that way.
1: Oh, you mean like, uh, the, 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 beam itself does not have to be perfectly square, right? Just your reference, just where it meets up. Yeah. Oh, wow.
4: No, I, I meant to ask Justin and I never did. Um, it was, you know, I don't even know what they're doing with this building. Mm. To be honest with you. Mm. I wish I, I wish I asked, I, I should have asked. I never
1: did yeah, it's pretty cool. This is a cool situation. So looks like he built this stuff and then and then he oh this is it what I was saying is you you do it off site and then you bring it all in yeah, he built he
4: built all that off site. He built all those timbers um he did in his shop there.
1: so awesome and as long as you got a plan and then then he fills it in with the uh, You know this thing here that's pretty interesting yeah huh cool
4: yeah you know and and like i said before and i think like justin said it was it was a good chance to have people come together and come together come together for a common you know for a common cause and something different
1: yeah that's cool so here's all the insulation it is just on the wall there but you would not on the uh not on the timber but i guess it would yeah it would transfer that way but i mean i'm not like so concerned about it. i'm just asking questions about it
3: well and to combat that what you could easily do is on the outside you just put a layer of continuous insulation um whether it's the zip bar sheeting or i mean you can go you know, super carbon neutral and put wood fiber board insulation or rock wall on the outside. And that takes care of any of that as far as, um, an energy source or energy, uh, loss. Oh yeah. Like
1: it's covered out here. You can't see the beams. Yeah, so Or
3: he just put sheeting like you could, on um, you could either put a layer of insulation on the outside of that sheeting or you can use a zip, um, our sheeting that has insulation as part of it. That's what we use. And so you, Pretty much you wrap a b- blanket around everything. So you, those timber frames and everything, studs, are all all covered by insulation. So when you drive by in the uh, winter, you don't see the lines on the house, on the siding, where all the studs and stuff are.
1: And, and basically, like, um, you just need a floor. As long as you got, like, a base, yes. you could just raise this thing. Awesome.
4: Yeah, I'm assuming I, I don't know if they get sunk into the ground. I, I, I don't.
3: It would be uh, like anything yeah. else is, the, if that's your structure. I mean, you'd have to at least have piers that go into the ground underneath, like footings underneath those those posts, since that is your supporting structure. But for him, he's on a looks like a poured patio slab or whatever your concrete slab, yeah. um, probably with footings or something. You know, so you know you, you'd have to have the proper footings. But if you're using the post frame as your main structure, then you don't you could actually reduce the amount of footings you need and only even need your um, footings underneath those columns. or you could use the helicals and spin them down and not even use any concrete. I see. so
1: maybe is this cinder block and then there's a frame on top of that?
3: Yeah, it looks like it's frame it may that may be sitting on a concrete actually. Yeah, that may be tied into the crawl space even because mm. if they heated and cooled it, they may have just oh, here put cra- yeah, it on a crawl space. Yep. Mm. So they probably knocked a hole in the side of the crawl or basement that's right there and probably ran ductwork out and mm. called it good. Just, that's cool. Or they just left it as a – yeah, I w- I, I, Yeah, because they insulated it and everything inside the crawl space. So, yeah, it's just probably tied into the rest of their foundation, whatever they used. Oh wow. So there's nothing poured here, right? No.
4: It doesn't look like it. I mean it's it's hard it's to like pea gravel. Yeah, it's it's hard to see. Some it's you know, it's funny, you know, you look at sometimes you look at people's pictures like damn it, I wish they took a picture of you know Y yeah. Z like, and then you know yeah. just so that you could talk about it or I, mean, or
1: I just I know nothing about this stuff, so that's why I'm asking I'm like it's interesting. It just makes it look possible, is the word I keeps popping up because you know i'm i i'm sure i'm not the only one but people you know when you're looking at property i'm always thinking i'm like it's like buying a used car like i don't want someone else's crappy house that that they didn't take care of you know (laughs) maybe it's better just start fresh you know but then that's a lot of work i don't know because then you got to do everything so you know so the whole time i was sitting you know the whole time
4: i was with because i really only worked with this um with my partner um you know i really only worked on one beam and that was enough for me that was enough experience um but the whole time running through my head was like how can i integrate this into my classroom you know how can i do that how you know, what class would this work in? What, you know, would this work in a traditional wood, woodworking class? Would this maybe go into an engineering type class? You know, and, and I think the answer is yes to, to both of those. But with my population and with my clientele, you know, you got to figure out what class it fits into the best. You know, I think no matter what, whatever, you know, realm you live in. So mm-hmm. I that kept on running way. through my head. It really did like, what, how could I integrate this? How, yeah, can what I kind of this?
1: group It would be like, what kind of group project could you do where the plans are already set and it's really about, um, not really like, I would I'm not saying it's not fine tuned, uh, 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 you know, uh, craftsmanship, but I'm saying like, yeah, it's gotta be something straightforward that everybody could get their hands on.
3: Um, uh, cool. so any parks or churches or anything or camps that are looking for like a open sided pavilion. I mean right there and it doesn't have to be ginormous and, but if uh, it's enough to throw mailbox four picnic tables under or something Bam! like I know our Kiwan- Kiwanis club and all them are always asking about things or people uh, um, sometimes uh, kids who are going for their um, Eagle Scout have service projects I've, I've been approached by some of my students that are doing that about like they were that was exactly what they're doing they're trying to help build a gazebo style or pavilion style thing for like one of the parks
1: it's pretty cool yeah
4: yeah so, i mean this. that's that was the whole thing that was running through my head while i was doing it and i, uh, almost, I like that idea too i almost felt like it was almost that was almost consuming me more than you know the actual process because i kept on thinking to myself how could i integrate this how can i do this you know what is the objective of the project if you will for lack of a better word you know what is you know what is the clientele that this would fit best with and you know it just that that was just going through my head the entire time and i would love to have maybe sat down with you know with justin for a while later and just Talked more about it and just said,
1: "Yeah, does he does he do this with his students?
4: He is. All? He's doing it with his student th- students coming up this year. So
3: on on our next build, we're switching gears a little bit from the more modern look to a little bit more country, rustic, a little bit, and on our with the I don't know, touch modern, I guess, but our front porch, we we're going to use old barn beams or things like that, and our." Our teacher that took her from my spot is actually from up in those areas as well. He's up in the upstate New York. Mm. Um, so he's big into all this stuff and, um, th- they're going to build the front porch kind of like that, that they're going to do that for our, instead of us having the engineered beams, we're having either a, um, timber framed, or B, they're going to, the class is going to make the skins to cover an engineered beam, depending on uh, what we'd have to do for structural purposes and stuff. So we're fortunate enough, we get a integrate, obviously, you know, it worked out good for us like that, Tim, but um, I don't know, find someone's building a house and wants a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a yeah. porch, just a porch, because then you're just talking about a, maybe a corner or two. Mm, yeah. But again, it'd have to be that ideal situation,
4: right? Yeah, and you also, and, and and I think a lot of this has to be you need the ideal subset of student too. Yeah. Like this is, this is not something that you just throw a couple kids in and be like, hey, hey this is what we're gonna do. You know, uh, you you need a special group of kids to do this. I I feel. Yeah, you know, and for for the size and for the size of number one the project and number two the accuracy required because if one group say you gave a group you know they're responsible for you know a corner post and then you have another group for b corner post and another group for c corner post another group d corner post and if if each one of them is off an eighth of an inch you know you don't have a straight you know roof line
1: what are they going to do with this they built it inside the building well they come apart oh they're just dry fit wow that's it and then how do you what do you do when the final final do you uh is there a key to it or something
4: yeah you usually uh where the mortises go through or sorry where the tenons go in through the mortise usually they drill a hole and they put like a peg ah, a that's awesome to lock it into place
1: it's like a whole other world but i will tell you it's cool like when you when you look at like a whenever i go skiing i always walk into i don't have a picture of it but when i whenever i walk into the the Lodge, it's just amazing. You look up, you're like, whoa, and it's all, I guess what they call beam and post. It's just unbelievable looking, you know. I don't have a picture of that, but it's big. And a big, a big huge fireplace in the middle. And it's its just awesome, you know, rather than, like, uh, some modern thing. It's just it's not the same, you know. Let's see if I can find a picture of it. Uh, but yeah, that's cool, man. Um, let's see. Well, we could, uh, we could shift gears a little, uh, if we talk about, um, make a capable maker, but, uh, barber check, how uh, to go. So, uh, yeah, maybe we'll cut it short here. I mean, did anybody do anything with that yet?
4: Anybody have, anybody have any other questions about the timber framing,
1: timber framing event? All right. Well, what, yeah, I'll end the recording here, but that was pretty cool. That was good stuff. And Tim, thanks for showing us all the pictures and sharing your passion about it. Yeah,
4: I appreciate it. It was, like I said, it was a good experience. It really was. And if anybody ever wants any more information, you know, you can always reach out to me or you can always reach out to Justin or really anybody that's a part of the, you know, cat skill maker camp or maker program based they're actually based out in east durham new york and um you know they have a weekend usually it's a weekend in october where they have a a maker show or maker camp that is a it's like a weekend thing where people can go and try different things and see different i guess makers in action if you will and uh in another Uh, Kind of like a side point. I actually asked somebody. I don't remember even who it was that I asked Um, I said so is this like a mate like the Catskill maker program Maker camp is this like do you have like have a maker building and They were like, what are you talking about? Do you have like a maker building like do you have a maker space and they said No, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you're saying that you're a maker camp Like so do you have a building where you got like machines and 3d printers and you know all this stuff and he goes, oh no Oh no, it's just a weekend in October. Wow. That's
1: that's amazing.
4: People come in from all over the place. And unfortunately I don't think I can make it to the October event. I, I, I have a a antique car thing going on that weekend. So yeah, I, uh, this is it right here. They're going to raise, they're going to reassemble that. They're going to assemble that structure that they built or that we built. And, uh, Put it, I guess, in this in this final resting space. So,
1: yeah. uh Let's see. I don't know where it is, but yeah. I mean, it's a, basically like a like a event space. So it's not like an ongoing maker camp or maker. Right. Uh-huh. right, it's not, and that's what
4: I thought initially, and that's why I asked that question.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
4: And that blackthorn, that blackthorn uh, resort is a it's basically just a it's like a hotel uh it's a it's like a um, a resort where you can go and just you know rent a room or get a hotel or um, rent a cabin or if you have a camper you can bring your camper in and just you know set up for the weekend
5: I think it's like one of the oldest resort areas up in that Catskills area
1: mm. yeah we were going over this last week too this is cool. All right. Well, I'm going to end the recording there. Um, but uh, that was good. We can hang out for a bit. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Shop Class podcast. See you guys next week. All right.